Well, looks like we busted the speakers. I like it. We can uh, have a reputation that we, we blew them out. We, pretty good. So, um, sorry, baby. Is that baby grace? <laughs> baby patience? We are, um, we are today looking at patience. You, maybe you have, imp- does anyone have impatience with technology? Anyone here that has impatience with technology? Just a few people? Oh, there's only two. Who, who needs to work on their patience? Does anyone, raise your hand if you need to work on your patience. You know it's church, you have to be honest, right? Raise your hand if you need to work on your patience, just for a second. Now look around. Everyone is raising their hand. If they're not, they're lying. <laughs> or at least they're not listening. The Bible tells us that we need to work on patience. Really, the Bible tells us we need to work on patience. And it tells us that when God is at the center of our lives, we become more patient and we demonstrate patience through our life. Listen to Galatians 5, through 23. It says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You see, patience is important and it's something that we need in our lives. Amen? All right, that's a good sermon. That's for all the impatient people in this uh, congregation. So, well, actually, I thought maybe since we need to work on patience a little bit, let's dig in a little deeper for the next few minutes. I don't know if you're like me, but when I'm at the store and I see lines, I try to determine which line is going to go the fastest. Do you do this? So I go and I see the woman with a hundred things and a hundred coupons for each thing. And I move down to the next line and I see the guy with tons of screaming babies. Um, and I think that's weird and I'm not going to go down that line and I'll go to the next one. And there's a lady and she's got four items score slam dunk. I'm going to make this happen. So I get in that line and invariably the line that I choose is the slowest because that lady who has four things is attempting a transaction that has never been done on the face of the earth before. So then, as if that's not enough, I see the other lines going a lot faster and all the people waving to me, saying goodbye. They look so happy. And I develop this thing in my life, this kind of impatience that surprises me in a strange way. And I actually was in line this weekend and um, I didn't have a beard until I waited in line at Starbucks. It was just, it just happened over line. But there are several definitions of patience. And the definition that I like best for patience is that it's a calm endurance, a calm endurance based on the certain knowledge that God is in control. You like that? Patience is the calm endurance based on the certain knowledge that God is in control. And as I was preparing for this message, this great quote from Robert Schuller popped into my mind. And, uh, and uh, man, that guy said some pretty crazy stuff. But one of the things that he said is, Anyone can tell, he had this voice like this, anyone can tell you the number of seeds in an apple, but only God can tell you, what? The number of apples in a seed. My mind went like this, what? (laughs) Only God can tell you the number of apples in a seed. And as I started to think about the fruits of the Spirit that we've been talking about these past weeks, I started to think about those fruits, the ones from Galatians, that, that... That the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and patience. And that patience is not one of those fruits that is just experienced when we produce it in our lives. And other people can see it and, and that God makes it happen just through us. But that it's actually something that we can consume. 
That the fruit of patience is something that we can imbibe, that we can appreciate when other people around us produce it. And so, as I was preparing for this message, the other great quote that came to my mind was this. You are what you eat. How true is that? I've been spending the last three months eating nothing but ice cream. And I am currently wearing male Spanx as a result of it. (laughs) Ask me later what that is. But the reality is I have discovered that you, you take on the shape of the things that you eat. So the things that you eat determine your shape in life. And so today we are going to focus in on the fruit, the healthy fruit of patience in our life. We're going to find out how can we have more patience. I heard a lot of people say, oh, that's a great sermon. Uh, Don't just tell me I need patience. I want to find out how to have more patience. I remember a couple of years ago when I was driving with my mom um, and there was a driver in front of us who was so erratically driving. She was Going, it was a woman, but she was driving back and forth across. That's irrelevant. She was driving crazy across the room, not the room, across the road. And then she stopped in the middle of the road. There was no stop sign. And then she started going again. And then she slowed down. And then she almost crashed into some cars. And I let out one of those exasperated, exhausted comments. And my mom said, hold on a second. You need to think about where she's been and what her situation is. And she pointed out, my mom pointed out that that we were headed toward a hospital. She said, you don't know that that woman might have just found out about someone close to her, a family member, maybe a a relative, maybe a spouse, maybe a son, a daughter, a mom or dad that just gotten in a a horrible accident. And she's wiping the tears away as she's driving and she's barely able to make it to the hospital And she's hanging on by a thread. And what she needs to experience from you is God's grace and patience. And it was strange. In that moment, as she said it, I changed from this person who wanted to honk at the person in front of me. Out of exasperation and impatience to I was suddenly praying for the woman in front of me. Praying that that she would find some of God's grace and love in her life. And if anything that... Christians can be known for, or should be known for, it is compassion. Compassion is our ability to put ourselves in the place of others, to understand how, what other people are going through, to to put ourselves in the mind of others, in the experience of others, and, and to afford them through the power of the Holy Spirit, it's the only way we can do it, through God's powerful spirit in our life, to afford them a compassion that, that we would not otherwise be able to do. And a grace that is so needed. And if we're really honest in this room right now, we'll admit that more often than not, we are in the front car. We are the one who is driving erratically. We are the one that's holding up the line. We are the ones in our lives who need the grace extended to us by other people. But this is key. We are not just called by Jesus Christ to give the benefit of doubt to other people. We are actually also called to give the benefit of doubt to God. Now think about that for a minute. That means that when a circumstance or situation comes along, you are giving God the benefit of the doubt. You are accepting the fact that 
that God knows what God is doing. That God has a better perspective on the situation than you do. You giving God the benefit of the doubt that God will do what God said God will do. And that is to prepare a place for all people, including you, of hope and happiness and health and healing. That's what happens when we give God the benefit of the doubt. That we are trusting that in the end, God will win out. But again, if we're honest, we'll acknowledge that patience is an absolute miracle when it happens. Christian patience is the kind of thing that can only come from God. When you're in a stressful situation, when you're under the gun and you're having the toughest time of your entire life, and suddenly somehow you're able to experience and produce patience, it's a miracle. But that said, we can develop patience in our lives. There are steps to developing patience. We can clothe ourselves with patience. I love the idea of clothing ourselves with patience or even gathering garments that we can fill, garments of patience that we can fill our clothes closets with so that we have multiple layers of patience so that when it, the, it gets really cold, when there's a lot of anger coming our way and a lot of frustration and a lot of difficulty and a lot of trouble, we can put on the layers and we can remain strong and secure and firm and we can remain unchanged in God's love And to remain graceful and compassionate and patient to the world around us, despite what's going on around us. But the best way to become more patient, for all of you who are impatiently waiting for this, is to practice patience. The growth pattern of patience has been practiced by Christians for hundreds and thousands of years. The first step in the growth practice in the growth pattern for patience is this, that we need to acknowledge that we are not patient. I love that everyone raised their hand. You're at that point already. You're acknowledging that you're not patient. And the place that it happens is it happens when you're in line at, at Starbucks and that person in front of you starts to order that really annoying, long-winded drink. And no, I'm, I'm no apologies to those of you who do this, actually. I was going to apologize, but I'm not going to. You order this drink that's a tall, vente, uh, light ice, no whip, non-fat, soy, shaken, not stirred, upside down, caramel macchiato, room temperature. And then you do this... When it's the cashier's first day on the job, they've never ordered a drink or put a drink into the system before. And it appears that the barista has taken a vacation or at least a break. So that's the person who's making the drinks. They're not there. And there's a long line of cups that haven't been made. You can see how long it's going to be take for you to get your one cup of coffee. And you know that you're not even going to ask for cream because you just want it fast. And then on top of that, you have a presentation that you need to make and you're late for it. And if you don't get the cup of coffee, you know that the presentation is going to fail. And if you presentation fails, you may lose your job. And if you lose your job, you may be, this is like one of those commercials. You may be working on a, uh, a ship out in the Atlantic ocean, catching fish for the rest of your life, which wouldn't be that bad. The point is that it spirals out of control. The story, the narrative that you're involved in and that's going on in your mind. But in those moments, the key is 
to acknowledge what's going on, to recognize that what's happening in your mind, that's what's happening, the building up of the impatience in your life is not of God. It's not something from God, that patience. They say that the first step to change in life is admitting that you've got a problem. (laughs) Admitting that you need patience. And recognizing those moments when you need patience. Now, the second step is very simple as well. It's reflecting on those moments when you need patience. Reflection is so powerful. But the best thing about... The best thing about God is that you can actively reflect in the moment. That sounds kind of strange, but you can actually step outside of the moment when you're in it and you can start to pray a prayer to God. God, give me strength in this moment. Lord, give me power to to be your hands and feet, to demonstrate your patience because my patience is not enough. And so in the reflection process, we are channeled in to the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit and turning to God with everything that we have. But there's other ways that we can reflect on those moments so that we can grow beyond them. And the other ways Christians also have been practicing for thousands of years. They, they do it by praying at the beginning and the end of every day. They also do it by journaling, which is written reflection. You take the moment and you write it out. You write out what happened in the moment. What were those things that, that caused you to go over the edge? And you take those things that you've written down and you turn them over to God. The other thing is that you can reflect in groups or small groups with other Christians or even just going out to coffee with another Christian. See, that's called fellowship. And then you can also go to scripture. That's another form of reflection about those moments of impatience. See, the, 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 uh, the arsenal that is available to you, that's kind of a violent term, but the arsenal that's available to you is pretty deep. You have a lot of tools in the shed. That's probably a little better since we're talking about gardening and fruit trees. You have a lot of tools available to you. And you can even read Christian books. Jason happens to know, have read every Christian book on the face of the earth. So if you need to know a good suggestion, he'll go through the list. He'll be like, you're liberal? Okay, read this. You're conservative? Read this. You take, here you go. Take your pick. Just, just get into it. Get into the word. I'll give you whatever you need, right? He's got some good stuff. I'm not patient enough to read that many books, honestly. So that's part of the problem. And then you can also... Develop your patience one day at a time. And that's key. That patience is not something that happens overnight. I, I, remember, I remember when my mother told me this. I remember the vivid imagery when she said, now remember and think about what that person is going through in the car in front of you. And I could easily say that the wisdom that I got from my mom was her genius. She just made it up on the fly. She just put two and two together and decided, well, this is what you should do. But then I'd be discounting the fact that she was a pastor's wife and went to church like once a month, probably. Um, Whenever my dad wasn't preaching, she went to church. So then she also was raised in a Christian household. And she was also raised in a Christian nation. And we'd be discounting the hundreds or maybe thousands of years of people pouring the fruit of patience into her life. And that she is the recipient of all of that fruit that has been developed and grown 
by Christians all around her. And we are too. And we can be too. And again, I have to say, patience does not happen overnight. I love that quote. It's not something that happens tomorrow. And a lot of times when we have messages on Sunday, when we get into the scripture on Sunday, the assumption is that the, the word, the, the message that you hear, or the scripture you hear is going to just take root in your heart immediately, right? And then the next day, there's going to be this big tree full of fruit. But that's Jack and the Beanstalk, right? That's not the real world that we're living in. And of course, we believe in miracles and, and, and I want to hear about them if you've seen them or had them done. But the real thing that normally happens is that there's a developing or a maturity that takes place in people over time. And that patience takes time to grow. And that patience in a weird way is linked to time. That some strange way patience is linked to the turning of the earth And it's rotation around the sun. And that's the way that God has created this world. And then the key is that the way that we initially experience patience, the fruit of patience, if it takes time to grow in us, the way that we initially experience it is through other people. Because we are surrounded by people who in some way, shape or another have mature fruit of patience. That the seed has been sown in their life a long time ago and that it's grown up and somehow we are able to benefit from the fruit that has been sown in their lives many years before. And then, in a strange way, when we receive that fruit of patience from other people, we don't just receive the fruit, but we also receive the seeds. And then it starts to take root in our life, in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls. This process is key. It's called Christian discipleship. And it's part of what it means to be a Christian, to be discipled by others and to disciple others. And it happens all the time for everybody. And it should happen as much as we can make it happen. I heard a story about uh, soldiers in Vietnam. And apparently they had the worst mosquitoes in Vietnam. Has anyone, did anyone go to Vietnam? Can you affirm or deny this? No one. This is a generation change, isn't it? But the mosquitoes were so torturous. And I don't know about you, but there's nothing more annoying or nothing to make me more impatient than mosquitoes, bad mosquitoes. But when they were in a hole, they couldn't swat the mosquitoes. Can you imagine just watching the mosquito land and just like (laughs) smile at you and say hi and and then just, just bite you? The reason they couldn't swat them is because if they swatted them, they would give away their location. They couldn't move. They were frozen still. And so do you think they swatted them? No way. Somehow they were able to put up with that aggravation, to put up with that discomfort. And as a result, they were able to live. So how important do you think patience is in our life? Do you think it's way up here or way down here? Well, guess what? Patience has everything to do. Your happiness has everything to do with patience. The fullness to which you live your life has everything to do with patience. And so in some respect, if you don't have patience, you lose your life. You lose your life. And so patience is extremely, vitally important. Whether you are right now, reflect on your situation, your difficulties, the things that cause the most aggravation in your life, frustration and anger. Think about those things. 
You know right now whether you are in basic training, like the soldiers who prepare for years before the battle. You know whether you're in training for the the great fight of your life. Or you also know whether you are in the battle for your life. But this is key. And you need to hear it. Everyone. You are not alone. You are not alone in this fight. You need to reach out. This is how you get patience. This is how you receive the fruit of patience. You need to reach out to God. You need to reach up to God and out to each other. And through this process of reaching out to God and out to others, you become more alive even in the times when you're surrounded by darkness and death. That in the midst of the darkest situations, you shine. Think about Jesus Christ. Reflect on Jesus Christ and who Jesus Christ was and what he did. Jesus Christ said, forgive your neighbor, not seven times, but 77 times. Can you imagine if we demonstrated that level of relational patience with one another? That would be amazing. Jesus was the guy that he was surrounded by people. He was on a tight itinerary and he was going through a village and there were maybe a hundred, maybe a thousand people around him. And there was a little guy hanging out in a tree and Jesus recognized his brokenness. His name was Zacchaeus. And Jesus stopped everything he was doing and he went and had dinner with Zacchaeus at his house. Actually, another time Jesus was on his way to help and heal his best friend who was dying. And a woman came to him who was in need and he stopped and he helped that woman and he took time with her. He had all the patience in the world. There was another time when Jesus, on the night of his execution, he was asking his best friends in the world to pray with him. He just said, just pray with me. That's all I want you to do. I want you to, okay, maybe he even said, just stay up with me. And he went off and prayed. But they fell asleep not once, but twice, but three times. But he was still patient with his best friends, the disciples. There was another time... When Jesus, uh, tons of times, Jesus would teach out on the hillsides and he would teach things in such simple lessons and simple notes and simple things. And, and it's as though the people around him just wouldn't get it. Have you ever had that frustration telling someone something that was so clear and so obvious and they were like, what? Jesus had that his whole entire life, but he was still so patient with people. Even on the cross, Jesus hung with nails in his hands and his feet. He was dying And he turned to the people who were trying to kill him, or who were killing him. And he said, God, Father, forgive them for what they are doing, for they know not what they do. He said, have patience with them. Love them. Give them grace. See, Jesus was the ultimate model of patience in this world. And he still is. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can have a patience that passes understanding. Are you in? Let's do it together. Now I'm going to ask the band to come up here. Um, And as they come up, I'd like to take a calm, patient moment to bring those things that might have popped up in your head through the course of this message and to bring it to God and ask for God's help in dealing with this. So let's pray. Dear Lord, 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for the ways in which you have given us patience, the way that you have been patient with us, and all the times in which we have failed to answer or failed to respond or failed to model the behavior that you want us to model, yet you are still patient with us, God. So thank you for forgiving us, for giving us a second chance and a third chance and 77 chances, thousands of chances, Lord. But Lord, we do pray that we would come to have your heart, that we wouldn't go the way of the world and model frustration to the people around us, but Lord, that we would model your patience. And so, Lord, if there's anyone in here who is going through the fight of their life right now, Lord, we pray that we would come around them and that they would reach out to you and to us and to the pastors here and to anyone. And if there's anyone here, Lord, who needs to prepare for a great battle that's about to come and they don't know about it, Lord, we pray that they would begin to put on the garments of patience one day at a time and to make little victories in those lines and on the roads and everywhere they live. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.